January of 2001, I was in India, and I can, I can remember when I was there uh, for a few reasons. So I was in Bangalore in, in South India, and I was to stay at the Union Theological Seminary uh, where there was a room where I could sleep for the night. And I remember not only that that was where I was supposed to go, but I even know the street it was on because I had an Otterick experience that would probably be similar to many of yours, which is it's really hard to give people instructions in a language that's not your own. So the Union Theological Seminary was on Wheeler Road in Bangalore in India. And when the Otterick driver pulled up and I told him where I wanted to go, he just stared at me. And I said, Wheeler Road. And he looked at me, no. And then I did what you have to do, which is figure out a way to say it in the vernacular, right? And I'm from Northern Ireland, so I know that's like, you need to talk our language or we don't understand North American, right? So, so talk our way. So I looked at the guy and I said, I need to go to Wheeler Road. He said, good. Put me in the back of the auto rick and away we went. And I arrived at Union Theological Seminary for my digs for the night. And that was not by any means the most impressive part of that visit because the next morning while I was having breakfast, um, I was sitting at the, the dining room with a tray. I remember literally the tray sitting on the table in front of me. And all of a sudden, the tray crashed to the floor. And I was taken over by a sense of... It's hard to describe what the sense was. It was, it was an otherworldly feeling I was feeling something in my stomach, and I didn't know how it was I had crashed my tray to the floor. But I looked around, and there were other trays that had also crashed to the floor. So I was holding on to the table, and a fellow came along to me, and he said, it's an earthquake. I, I'd never had an earthquake before, and some of this was now ringing a bell that I've heard people tell about things shaking and crashing and, and this strange headache, um, queasiness of, of stomach. And so it turned out that there was a, a big earthquake in Gujarat, which is way up in the northwest, so I was far away from it. But the results of that earthquake rippled all the way through the country and things like trays crashing onto the floor were common while that was going on. On Father's Day, this is just a little, you know, aside, my family knew that I was in India, but they really didn't know where I was. For the first time in my life, I felt loved by my children. They were panicking. Where are you, Dad? Are you okay? And I, you know, I played it up a little bit, and I said, well, you know, yeah. Do you care? Did you know where I was? As all of this was happening, the same fellow that, that came over and, and said what was going on said, said this to me that I've, I've thought about many times. He said, in an earthquake, when everything is shaking, hold on to something that doesn't. Right? So, and then he said, and if you have the presence of mind, hold on to something that doesn't and help others. So when everything else is moving around, hold on to something that's not moving and help others. I've thought about that and thought that as a person navigating this, this human life of ours, that's really, really good advice. 
In fact, if I, if I just um, shift the word a little bit and, and not use the word move, but use the word change. When everything around you is changing, hold on to something that doesn't change and help somebody else, right? We, we are living in times of incredible change. Um, so you know how old I, how old I am because you know how old Richard is and all of that's because Lynn was telling everybody so we might as well just put it out there. Right. In my lifetime, the change is enormous and I can only imagine that people who are even older than me, um, the change has been just ginormous. That everything around us is shaking, right? Everything around us is changing. Every, everything around us is moving. And so I have a very simple message for you this morning. It's the message from my friend in Bangalore that said this, when everything around you is changing, hold on to something that doesn't change and help, help somebody else. We're going through the, the book Knowing God by J.I. Packer. And we're talking about two kinds of characters. There are those who are the balconiers. They're looking at life. They're theorizing. They're giving us good instruction, good um, counsel. There are those who are travelers who are more interested in just getting on the journey, getting to know God, trying to find out what he's like, trying to find out how we're supposed to live. And they do well to talk to one another. We, we just kept on saying that, that sometimes you want to listen to the balconiers for a little while, and sometimes you want to just keep walking on the journey. I want to bring you this morning to a part of the journey about knowing God from Jim Packer's book um, that basically focuses in on one particular aspect of God's character, and it is this particular aspect of God's character that he is the unchangeable one. He, he never changes, and, and I would probably have admitted that or known that, but this week I was, I was just meditating on it more deliberately to understand what it could mean for me and for us that God just simply doesn't ever change. What else in your life doesn't ever change? Right? I mean, everything changes. Starbucks changes. They've changed the way you get your rewards money. Now it's all confusing to me. I used to be able to just get a free, tall, dark, and now I can't because there are four levels of rewards, and you have to choose which one. And when I tried to do it, she said, well, don't you know they have a new set of rewards? And I didn't know that, and so it was just confusing. So excuse me, I'm done with that, right? A little venting here and there is helpful. But it changes, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. And in the midst of that, the counsel from my friend in Bangalore travels to me and says, here's something you need to hold on to. Because when everything else changes, here's something that doesn't change at all. So if I'm in an earthquake, it's not that somebody is or something is relatively unchangeable or relatively unmovable. It needs to be fixed. If everything else is twirling around, you don't want something that's also be in the mix. You, you want something that will stay put where it is and where you can count on it. And for us as travelers on this human journey, there's one thing that we know for sure will not ever change. So here's the scriptures that um, are cited in the particular chapter from Knowing God. This is from Psalm 93 and Psalm 102. You are from all eternity. 
you know, there alone is something to just camp on, right? What does it mean that God is from all eternity? That, that God has been from eternity? What does it mean that when God gives himself a name, it's a name that to us causes us to say, what? Because the name he chooses for himself is a name that means something like the one who is. So it's sort of self-evident, but it's, it's quite a claim, isn't it? And then when Jesus was around and they were talking to him about what he claimed he knew, and they said, well, you're not even 30 years old. How, how do you know this stuff? And he said, well, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones to kill him because they knew he was claiming to pre-exist Abraham. He was using God's name. So the thing that we would start is to say that God is beyond. So anytime we, we chip away at that and, and try to make him like us or understandable like us or predictable like us, we have to step back and say, God is not whatever it is that we put forward and say, there you go, that, that's the thing that explains. He's not. So God is from eternity. Where did God come from, mommy? He didn't. How can it be that he didn't? We've no idea how can it be that he didn't because we're not. He is other, he is beyond, and we are creatures. I mean, we, we've just been made. So here's the other part that uh, Packer quotes from the other psalm. He says, in the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. Your clothes get tired, right? They get tattered. They get worn. Just like everything else in creation. But not God. The heavens... Well, they're amazing, aren't they? They're, they're, they're kind of forever. We lived in Vancouver, and I have etched in my mind a drive from Richmond to downtown Vancouver and the mountains behind the city of Vancouver. If you've been to Vancouver or bought any of the souvenirs, that mountainscape is, is renowned. And for 10 or more years every day, I stared at those mountains that never changed. I saw buildings come and go, I saw cranes, but there was something about those mountains that they were just there. They were still there. They, they were still there when we were trying to sell a house and couldn't get it sold. They were still there while we were having children. They were, they were still there. Lately, I've been drawn back to my, my heritage and my roots, and every morning I get a picture on Facebook from the Mourn Mountains that just cause nostalgia. It's the Anlong Harbor and the mountains. There's Big Binion and Wee Binion. It's a joke. Um, big Binion's not very big, and Wee Binion's not... It's a lot smaller than even not very big. But still, all these years, I go back to the Mourn Mountains and... They're still there. But the psalmist says, you're, you're the one actually who did all of this. You, you, you put the heavens in place and you put the foundations of the earth in place. However, that is to be understood. The claim is that God's the reason. God is. 
And even that, the psalmist says, but those, they're going to wear out like garments. You're going to replace them. So we've thought a lot about that, that in the, the kingdom that's coming, it's this creation, but it's, it's a new version. Because it's, it's getting tired and old, like a lot of us. And the psalmist says, but here, you are from all eternity. You made everything that there is. And as permanent as it seems to us, it too will finally wear out and you will replace it like a garment. But you remain the same and your years never end. So think about that this morning, that God has never, will never change. Never. In any way. What he has always been, he is and always will be. And then we get the same claim about Jesus, that he was the same yesterday and today and forever. So every now and then you meet an old friend and you say, you haven't aged a day, and it's a, it's a bald-faced lie, right? You've gotten a lot older, right? And yet there's something there that reminds you of all that has been in that person's travels, but not God, You know, if you had an experience of God, if there was something that you saw of God, it would would just be the same as anyone has ever seen and anyone will ever see. If God's character has been disclosed as it has, um, it's not going to get changed. He will not find a different character for a different time. If God's plans wherever once laid down, they didn't change. They're still his plans. If he laid down his, his holy scriptures for us, they are still what he has given us, and he doesn't say, oops, I have a, I have a little revision now. So I, I'm, not, I'm not calling us at all back to an, an anachronistic version of, of Christianity where we say, you know, back then we understood it this way, um, and we still have to understand it that way. The, the world changes, but the, the point is that when, when it comes to God, his character, his plans, his, his ways, there's no change. It, it's still the same. And it, it took me this week to just sort of think about the changes that honestly I'm, try, I'm trying to manage by holding on to something that doesn't change. And rather than having a theoretical for me, you know, but it's okay because God never changes, I've tried to moor for me these changes in what it would mean that even so, God will not be changing. Even so. So humanity changes. But if we were to do a little litany, we would have to speak back, but you remain the same. Humanity changes in various ways. Humanity changes in what it believes, right? And, but God doesn't change. Um, humanity changes in terms of its values. And I try to sort through what are my values. I mean, honestly, what are the things that are, are hardcore commitments for me? And they have to arise out of what I believe, um, and where, however all of that wobbles, in behind it all, there's not a wobbling God. 
So it's important to figure out what I believe and what I value and what are my traditions. What, what are the things that are the norms of my life? Um, and, and the hopeful thing is to say, because even though all of these things shift like sand over the passage of time, God, God never did. So as I try to figure out what I believe, what I value, and, and what my traditions are, it's good to know that nobody else in terms of this deity in the heavens um, is thrown for a loop. He doesn't say, oh, this is what you believe now. Oh, okay, let me see if I can accommodate that. Oh, this is what your values are now. Okay. Well, this is what your traditions are now. All of these are, are the currency of living our human lives. But we need to understand that in back of them all, there's a God who, who never changes. In not an iota of change. So for me, it, it, it leaves some room. It leaves some scope where I'm thinking, you know, there's not a deity who is um, you know, held hostage to where I have settled and what I know is that he has settled and always has been settled there and always will. Humanity changes. In our world, population changes. Um, I grew up in a, a country where pretty much everybody was born there. Pretty much everybody was born there. Um, pretty much everybody still lived there. They still do still live there. And they look the same. And they all talk the same. They have this funny accent that twists and turns and says things like it instead of eight and things like that. But the world is not like that. So the world in which we are living, our population is changing like crazy. The demographics of our world are such that we now live in a place where if not already soon, more people will have been born somewhere else than are born here. One of the most delightful things in the world is to ride the subway, except when there are games down, downtown, right? Just ride the subway and look, or sit on, sit on the street, sit on one of the benches and watch who comes by. And when you're on the subway and you do the thing which Canadians don't do, which is lock eyes with somebody, because Canadians don't, right? We do this, elevators and subways. But when you do lock eyes with somebody, say, where are you from? And I've never had anybody be offended by that, because I'll tell them where I'm from just as quickly as I'd love to hear where they're from. And the shifting of the demographics of our world, exciting though they are, also are about incredible change. I mean, what happens as the world continues to shake itself into a new form? What happens to things like family? What happens to things like relationships? Where it used to be that your grandmother and your great-grandmother and your great-aunt and great-uncle and all, when they were all around the corner, what, what when it's not like that anymore? Our demographics have changed, our distribution has changed, so here we are from all over the place, now settled in a new place, and our generations have changed. It wasn't so long ago that generation by generation, people were moored. And now those generations have, have only found their way into the, 
the interest groups of somebody who's trying to chase down all of their ancestry. I didn't need to worry about where my grandparents were born or where they died or where they were buried because it was right around the corner, just like all of my relatives. But now we live in a world that has shaken and shifted in a delightful way, but also in a way that leaves us with a sort of disequilibrium where we're thinking it's, it's, things are changing. The point is that from our psalm this morning, God doesn't change at all. There's nothing different. And, you know, latch on to those moments when you find an old friend and you honestly do say, you know, it's, it was like just yesterday. Annabeth and I met up with an, an old couple of friends, husband and wife. Our kids were born at the same time. And we have not seen each other for over 40 years. And we had lunch at a restaurant, picked up where we left off. Delightful, right? So the generations have been shifting, and only rarely do we have a continuity. And the generations are sorting around. But you remain the same. Our earth changes. Um, and we who have children and grandchildren should be noticing, at least with great concern, about the world in which we live, the earth that we inhabit, in terms of the changes that have come about. Climate. What is this summer in Ontario? So, I mean, we can complain and have fun conversations. But what's happening with the climate, and does that matter? Um, what's happening with creation care? Um, are we going to stop using plastic sometime? Are, are we going to figure that out? Are, are we going to recognize that the oceans are being clogged and our children are going to inherit clogged oceans? So some of these other things are fascinating and wonderful. Some of them are so alarming that we have to wonder what the future is for our generations and we think our grandchildren are inheriting something that we wouldn't have wanted them to. What is it costing them for us to expend what we expend at the expense of the planet? I'll get away from that. I see you're looking awkward, hiding your plastic bottles. Technology. 5G is on the way. It doesn't matter really who supplies it to us, whether it's the uh, villains from China or, or somewhere else. But we will be the, the kind of connected, technological, global village that we could only have been watching on Star Wars when, when we were kids, right? Everything will be everything. Everything will be connected. And what does that mean? What does it mean in terms of our technological abilities? What will we be able to do and not keep up with it, with our ethics and morality as, as it rushes forward from us. If any of these things keep you awake at night, or at least fill your mind when you have those, those times of wakefulness at night, I think the thing that we have to do is say, so hold on to something that won't change. If, if, if we're to make any sense of getting through the changes, good ones and challenging ones, we better have somebody to hold on to that will not change 
so that it'll be safe for us to think about and maneuver about what it is we do need to manage. And we need to tell somebody else to help somebody else. So as, as much as you latch on to that God is a being who does not change, whatever that comes to mean to you, whatever that means to you in the, in the difficulties of your life and you, and you realize that actually you're holding on to him for dear life and he's not shifting. Tell somebody about that because they'll need to know that as well. Whatever it is that you're thinking about the changes of any kind, how is it that it helps you to say, but, but God is from everlasting to everlasting. He will not change. He does not change. I can hold on to him. I can hold right on. It's Father's Day and a, a great time to cherish the ways that our fathers and our grandfathers have handed to us the things that are not changeable, the things that, that they've held on to and will hold on to. And it is the job of a dad, the job of a grandfather, um, to kind of just put out those things that never change, that you have found never change. And you tell your, your children and your grandchildren that they can count on those things as well. I had a FaceTime conversation with my dad last night. My sister worked it out. My dad is long into his 80s with d severe dementia. He buried his wife, my mom, with early Alzheimer's disease when she was not even 65. And yesterday, as we talked on FaceTime, he had a moment or a few moments of, of uh, lucidity where he talked to me. He knew who I was. And he talked to me about things familiar to us. And he was shocked that I told him that Annabeth drank beer. You're probably now shocked as well. And she's saying, you told them that? <laughs> it was basically, it was a smoke screen to get him away from asking about what I do. So, <laughs> never mind. What, what happened was he, he didn't know very much about the, the senior citizens home that he's in, the people that care for him lovingly there. He didn't know what happened yesterday. He, he just knew he wasn't feeling very well and that he didn't remember who had been to see him or anything. But when we got talking about back home and his, his family and his village, he was clear as anything. And there was something that was going on with him holding on to something that hadn't changed as far as he knew. He probably still thinks everybody's still there. But there was something really lovely about him holding on to something as though it hadn't changed. And it was his faith that he was holding on to. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. He is a preacher. I mean, he knows a whole lot more theology than that. But that was one thing that he knows isn't changing. Jesus loves me, this I know. And then he's praying each night and saying, why does he love me? How can he love me so much? Jesus does, Jesus loves me. So, Anything shaking around you? I, I just encourage you to find something that doesn't change and hold on to it and tell somebody else about it as well to help them. Father, we pray that you will engrave the truth of Psalms like this on our hearts and that we will believe in them.
count on them and uh, negotiate these stormy waters, these challenging waters of our lives and our times uh, because there is, there is something to hold on to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.